This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, the UK's premier audio noise, bit of shed seven there, uh, giving you a hot blast of tech every Friday. The UK Tech Weekly Podcast is an infotainment enema from the editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Mac World UK, and Computer World UK. You can find us on Acast, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and more. Every Friday, we bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. Do not forget to subscribe, review us, and tell your friends. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I'm delighted to be joined in conversation by... She's got class and sass, and she never runs out of gas. She's Miriam Harass. <laughs> Hello. Harris. That's staff writer of Digital Arts. Uh, he's swell, smart as hell, and he has a nice smell. It's Henry Burrell. Burrell. Uh, senior staff writer of PC Advisor. Hi there. And he likes organic baby rice, chip spice, and kissing mouldy field mice. It's David <laughs> Price. Prick. No, Price. Price. Oh. Right, first time. Uh, the deputy editor of uh, Macworld UK. Today we're Hi. talking about <laughs> Apple's new house, Uber's vice, and a load of old phones. So uh, let's go. Right, enough of that. Uh, Miriam Harris, <laughs> what's not so super about Uber? Well, I'm sure most people do know, but a blog post from Susan Fowler has been going viral online. She posted it on Sunday about her time at Uber as a site reliability engineer. Um, and Uber has had to publicly respond since then because what she wrote was very scathing. Basically, she joined um, in November 2015, but her manager was sending her messages, online messages, essentially asking for sex because he was in an open relationship. So she took this to HR, but um, they said it was the man's first offence and he got a <laughs> warning uh, and that was all. And she could either join another team or get a poor performance review from what? him. So those were her only choices. Uh, so she decided to join another team and learnt that other women engineers had reported the same manager before. So it actually wasn't his first offence. 
And so he eventually left the company, but it wasn't because of them and they weren't told why. Uh, she took further HR meetings and they continued to say that it was his first offence. Um, she later requested a transfer to another engineering organisation with a perfect performance score, but she was blocked due to undocumented performance problems. And when she tried to ask a bit further about what that was, um, they said that performance problems aren't always to do with your work, but can be about your personal life. Oof. So she tried a second time and was denied because it made her manager look good. So basically, she's outlining all these um, fundamental flaws that she says um, happened to her because she was a woman in so, in the company. In the interest of fairness, what's Uber said about this? They have come out um, the very next day, wow. actually. <laughs> Sorry. They're all gay. The next day. Um, it can't be true because we're gay. <laughs> they announced an defense. urgent investigation into the claims. By um, They appointed a new chief human resources officer. And the Uber boss, Travis, I don't know how to say his last name. David Kalanick. Kal- Kal- yes. Do you guys? I'm not Kalanick. sure. I'm not Kalanick. sure. Kalanick. Travis, is that okay if we say that? Kalanick. Um, <laughs> Let's call him Travis Kalanick. Yeah. Said that anyone who behaves like this would be fired. Um, he said that on Twitter. And um, then on Monday, he sent an email to employees saying the company was hurting and they were looking into it. And they have since appointed the former U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder. Um, he served under Barack Obama and a few others like Ariana Huffington, who's on Uber's board, to look into the investigation. And he had a meeting with the company on Tuesday. I don't know what's happened further with that. In so that's, terms of that's not like an outright denial of any of these facts, I guess. no. Um, it's not. He gave some stats, though, saying that out of engineers, product managers and data scientists at Uber, 15.1% were women. So compared to what he says, Facebook is 17%, Google 18% and Twitter 10%. It's not too um, different to the rest of those places. Yeah, I mean, that would, we'll get into this, but that would feel fairly standard in the industry, sadly, actually. Yes, it definitely is. What I found interesting, and I'm not sure if you guys heard about it, was um, this morning I found out that there's a hashtag called Delete Uber going around, um, and yep. people were just deleting, yeah, did you see it, deleting um, the that pre-date, app. Doesn't that predate these revelations? Yeah, I think that just comes up every time they do something shitty. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the whole thing. Well, they've got terrible, yeah. uh, well, there have, there have been reported cases of them not having great sort of employee standards and relations exactly but with this so if you deleted the app it would pop up with a like a note mentioning how they were deeply hurting after susan's blog so so that's a thing that has actually been noticed and yeah yeah so they were really like defensive it was kind of strange um also isn't that really annoying that their their reaction to it is not this is a travesty and we should Mm. have dealt with it it's poor us Mm. being picked on by people Mm. reporting things yeah well because there are a couple i mean like look this is not mitigation at all but it is true that tech in general has a problem with gender diversity and there are all sorts of things that go into that to do with you know stem education and Mm -hmm. you know environment which i think we should talk about and and kind of the people's view from the outside of what happens in a tech company but it's not exclusive to uber so no. you know they don't have to say that, but it's but that's known. And also, Uber is a company that's gone from tiny to huge, and that that's when you get structural problems, like with things mm. like HR departments not really being up to speed. So, it you know it's not excusable, but you can imagine a situation in which a rogue person who's an asshole mm. gets to stay there for a bit, but then the way the company reacts is critical because mm. the first time that's reported, you've got to fire the guy. 
Mm. And then, you know, if it, even if it, by some ridiculous scenario you get to this stage, then as you say, David, the reaction has to be, this is terrible, we messed up, what can we do? Not, you know, <laughs> We <laughs> employ more delete. women than Twitter. Yeah, well, they, yeah. Why is that an argument? It's that we have more women to, uh, yeah. to treat badly <laughs> than other yeah. companies. Basically, they've been really shady with um, releasing their statistics in the past on um, ethnicity and gender and religion and things like that, whereas other people have been quite open releasing their government filing reports. So, yeah, and as you said before, Uber definitely has had um, not the greatest history um, in the limelight. But I just would like to say it's definitely more than women in terms of tech. It's ethnicity and social yeah. class. Yeah. You know, it's, it's diversity is a huge issue. Um, and also creative industries, you know, pol- politics, science, a lot more, which I've been looking at over in digital arts, um, creative industries. So, yeah, I guess it's just, it's huge in these So why do we think that is? Yeah, and and who holds the power for change as well? Mm. Like, how how is change going to be brought about, you know? Is it the senior leadership needing to really believe in diversity? Or is it the employees um, agitating? Do we need to keep talking about it? setting targets you know like so I, I think about this quite a lot because if you, you know if you look around our office there are five people on the senior management team and they are all white men yes. um and you know why is that none of those people are inherently sexist is inherently sexist but then there are all sorts of factors that come into it i think one of which is is work culture definitely if you if you're and i think this has changed in our case but if you're expected to work extremely long hours for relatively low pay to start off with mm. that that is a, a a bar to people based on lifestyle gender um mm-hmm. their background i also think we get constantly get inbound um requests to be an intern in fact miriam that's how we met you and that's great <laughs> but in order to be an intern you have to be able to work for free essentially mm. and you know and it's also the living cost of the city because yep. often these places are yeah. in London and it's just impossible London to, or San Francisco. to do those yeah, free internships and when you can't afford to live there. And that, that comes back to, you know, social class barriers. Well, how can you afford the software to learn these types of things? You know, getting Adobe on your computer, how are you going to afford that? And move to London, you mm. know, it cuts off a lot of people. But then I think there is also an education thing, which is to do with, if I think about my own education, like we kind of, and I, and I you know, I'm from a, perfectly stable background and my parents really supported me but we didn't really know it was okay to go to the big city as it was and (coughs) sort of find a career in something that that felt in and this was a long time ago so it wasn't really tech then but certainly the creative industries Mm. because we didn't people didn't do that and you know that that phrase you have to see it to be it It, it's really important that that you wouldn't you see people from your what you identify as your background and that can be ethnicity or gender or it can be class or it can be region succeeding in something you know it tends to take one and then lots of people follow yeah and I suppose the point I would make about that is that if you're serious about gender diversity as an organization you have to be serious about it and it's going to cost you some money you're Mm. going to get benefit from it all diversity because it makes much more effective use of resources if you've got a mixture of cultures and Mm. experiences but it's probably going to cost you money in the first place because you have to actively seek to do it. I think. Yeah, and I feel like we should be more open and specific about exactly what methods are out there to do that. You know, I feel like there's been a lot of talk this year about, oh, diversity, we definitely need more of that. <laughs> but exactly how do you do that? What does that mean? Like, I don't know, like blind hiring or unconscious bias training, things like this, putting women in I mean, I'm all up for hiring some blind people, but I mean... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but do you know it's what I mean? It's not even funny, is it? <laughs> <laughs> David, you're a ginger. Uh, what's, what's your take on this? I, I've been sort of keeping quiet because um, uh, I'm somewhat ashamed of my own um, introduction to the world of media because I, I'm a classic example of the way class works in, in media. And I know we've, we've drifted away from tech towards media, but um, I was given my first job in media by... Um, by my tutor, effectively. Uh, I went to Oxford, and so it's, it's classic foot in the door. Yeah. Um, a guy who was uh, in the same college as me three years before, he'd uh, he'd gone to London, he'd got a job uh, on a glossy magazine, and then he wasn't supposed to advertise openly for a new sub-editor, so he contacted his tutor and said, is there anybody promising or who is interested in journalism in your current class and she said obviously no but how about this guy instead <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I got my first job and if I hadn't had that I don't know how yeah. easily I could have got into this industry because I'm not you know I'm not the sort of person that turns wrong with that. it's just if that meant I suppose the bit that's wrong with it is the door is closed to somebody mm. well exactly I mean we yeah we sit there and we wonder why everybody in in the office this was a Condé Nast uh, why everybody was was white and middle class and it was it was little things like that it was the opportunities are there but you have to be in a particular situation mm-hmm. to take them mm-hmm. and I hope it's improving I mean this is I feel like I feel like our office is more diverse than it's ever been I think so. and I think part of that is and again we're not a tech company well we are a tech company to an extent part of that is to do with us actively seeking to do that and part of it is I think society is changing a bit mm. um, but again we're still we're based in central London so automatically mm. you have to have access to central London to even think about coming to work somewhere like this mm. how did that first job go for you David? Uh, you know perfectly well I <laughs> had to leave under a cloud for <laughs> <laughs> um, my second job which I earned off my own back uh Introduced me to the world of technology because that first job wasn't tech at all. It was uh, interior design. Uh, it was quite good, but they didn't like me very much. So um, that <laughs> that ended badly. Let's not talk about it ever again. Uh, but yeah, but that's the thing is I had those nine months. Yeah, I, I got kicked out, but I had nine months of experience after that. And yeah. everything in, in it's a lot easier once you yeah. you know the layout of everything. You know what the jobs are called. You know yeah, exactly. what skills are required. Um, yeah. And again, you know, when I t- think back to my Dick Whittington getting <laughs> on a train and coming to London, but I had done a bit of work in sort of regional newspaper office, and even when I was here, I had sufficient resources behind me by selling my car, but I can't let my parents help me to buy mm. that I could live for those couple of months I needed to get a job and get mm. better at interviews and get mm. a job. And um, not everybody's in a position to do that, or would even know. Like I say, it was kind of an accident that I understood what the industry was like because I'd got this first job just kind of by a fluke sort of thing one of the things i wanted to talk about a little bit was environment because you know we 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 are all fans of um a show like silicon valley or something like that which does send this up a little bit but the perception externally and a lot of tech companies including uber do nothing to uh to disabusers of this notion is that is that a cool place to work is a place that has a pool table and a ping pong table and a bar and all these things which are attractive to a certain kind of person, but my, Miriam's nodding, so I'm going to go to Miriam next. But they might actually be a negative if you don't like those things. Would that be fair? Do you think? Yeah, or if you don't have the time, if you're a mum and you have to go yeah. straight yeah, home yeah, to yeah, your children yeah. or a dad, then, you know, that would be great if you could, but you can't, you know? And, yeah, or if you don't like 
yeah, that kind of environment you prefer to work on your own. Always feels very male to me, I have to say. Yeah. And yeah. my last job, there was like a table, football table, ping pong table, and like a culture that every Friday you just had to go to the pub. Yeah. But that immediately discriminates against people, usually women, broadly, yeah. who just didn't want to, you know, have like horrible banter on a roof playing ping pong. With the lads. <laughs> and then go and have like four Heinekens at four o'clock. So, yeah. like, do, you, do you remember when Jeremy Corbyn addressed this? Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. It's classic Corbyn in that his intentions were good, yeah. but he did it The so point was badly. right, but he made it in a terrible way, didn't he? And then the headlines were just, he wants to stop you having drinks after mm. work. But the point he was making was, yeah, it was right. Yeah. That sort of thing encourages and advantages a particular kind of person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just as um, I remember very early in his presidency, Obama was criticised for having those... Um, those pick up basketball games and, and it became a sort of interior circle thing. And, and people are sort of pointing out, well, that encourages your inner circle to be sporty jocks that like basketball. Mm. And that, it doesn't seem like a big deal. but And it was, it, you know, again, if to relate it back to our own organisation, I benefit from that definitely because we all used to go to the pub on a Friday afternoon yeah. and that was a thing that suited me and my lifestyle then. And that is yeah. something we have consciously tried to change. But... You know, it, it, it again. It's it's so subtle, isn't it? It's so um, mm. insidious, really. Which is why, again, it brings me back to the point that I think if you're an organisation and you genuinely want to change, and you should for reasons both ethical and of performance, you have to actively seek to do it and invest invest in it. I think. Okay, let's go around the room. Uh, taxi for Uber, or what Uber doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> Henry Well. Yeah, taxi for Uber. David Price. Taxi for Uber. Miriam Harris. Taxi phobia, although I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> Don't worry. You've just you've just agreed to something that you're now gonna to have to hold to for the rest of your life. Just like Brexit all over again. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, we'll take a very short break and when we come back we're gonna be talking about Apple. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to the house of fun. Now I've come of age. Welcome to the lion's den. David Price. Apples normally live in orchards, but <laughs> Apple is off to a spaceship. You dig? There is actually an orchard as well. Of course so there that, is. So that ruins it, I'm afraid. Yeah. But um, yeah, Apple has announced that the what was being called the Spaceship Campus or uh, Apple Campus 2 is actually going to be called Apple Park and is nearly ready. And we've been waiting for a while. It was supposed to be ready in uh, mid-2015. Uh, so it's been delayed and delayed, uh, and the costs have gone up and gone up. This is um, this is Apple's global headquarters. Yes, yes, in uh, Santa Clara, in California. So at the moment, they're uh, based in uh, one infinite loop, um, very famous building, but they are moving, they're upscaling to a larger campus um, with more of a sort of countryside feel, 
It's more sort of greenery. Um, so the Apple uh, Apple Park, as we have to call it, uh, has been designed by uh, Normal Foster's company, Foster and Partners, I think it is, uh, and it's uh, it's amazing. And it looks like a spaceship. It looks like a flying saucer. It's circular, <laughs> and it's got uh, it's like a ring. It has um, a big green area. Uh, it's full of it's full of green, <laughs> green area, area. <laughs> a green area in the middle, uh, which contains, as I said, an orchard and uh, a, a meadow and a pond. Does it have apples, like real ones? Well, I don't know. When you say an orchard, does yeah. that does that pears. automatically imply you can have a pear orchard? Can you? Could you mm. have, for example, an orange orchard? Well, actually, I think technically it's fruit trees because uh, it's no longer the case, unfortunately. But in my old house, when we had multiple fruit trees, we technically had an orchard. You're like you a landowner. As such. Say again? You're like a landowner. A few well, baron. Yeah, but, <laughs> but then we moved from that small terraced house to another slightly larger terraced house. So. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah. would, much like Apple in, in that sense. Yes. You upscaled. Yes, to our new uh, campus. To your large campus. <laughs> so has this it's, campus been as like anally designed as the last one? Because It is a ring. Hey. <laughs> oh. Can we cut that out as well? No, no, no. <laughs> this is not increasing gender diversity in the workplace. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Um, so uh, all the all the interior wood comes don't nope. uh, comes from <laughs> <laughs> comes from, comes from one particular species of maple. Yeah, uh, which has now died out. <laughs> yeah, uh, and not only that, but it has to always be the heartwood from yeah. each maple. So everybody threw away the rest of the tree. Because yeah, in that, in that Steve Jobs uh, biography, the uh, Isaacson one. It's talking about how Jobs obsessed over the building of the last campus mm. and how that might the glass actually be, can't, or was it even this one? That might be this one because it's been on the cards for many, many years. And when they were doing the early work, um, Steve Jobs asked uh, Foster and Partners that he be cons- <laughs> so annoying that he be considered part of the team and not a client. Right. Which I'm sure they were like, going, "Oh yes, 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 yes well done yes. for that architectural drawing you just did." <laughs> um, just but yeah, a circle, yes. <laughs> stick, stick drawing, and they give Steve. the engineers, yeah, fix this. Um, um, yeah, it's 2.8 million square foot, uh, which is... Uh, is that big? I never know. Well, no, it's, quite, it's pretty big. Um, big. The Googleplex is more than 3 million square foot. Where's that? Uh, what? Googleplex. Googleplex, you know where Google is. Is that yeah, Mountain View? Where is that? Uh, it's the same area, broadly. Yeah, it's in I think it's also San, yeah. uh, Santa Clara. And Microsoft's campus in Redmond is over 8 million square foot. Wow. So they do wow. get bigger. Um, but this one looks nicer than the others it doesn't seem to i mean returning to this idea you mentioned before about pool tables and basketball and all the rest of it there seems to be a bit less of that sort of um dot-com bubble Mm. nonsense that you get in some of the other places um well google google's moved away from it for exactly that reason like they're quite clear about the fact that they felt it was hindering their diversity agenda in recruitment so, you know, all those things are kind of there, but that's not what they sell. They've also got, even in London, they've got the garden on the roof where people, you know, make herbs and they uh, <laughs> make herbs. Herbs, grow this herbs. So great. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and the restaurants, which you can use at any time, um, you know, which is intended to, which is a slightly strange line to tread, but it's intended to make people, people's family, because they can bring their family in to use the restaurants. Oh. But it does also encourage yeah. people to work long hours. That's yeah. interesting, yeah, because Jobs was always big on collaborative space and he always wanted Apple's buildings to be like huge open corridors that people yeah. from hence like the, hence the circle, isn't it? The yeah, circuit. so you'd walk around and bump into like teams who you wouldn't normally work with and sort yeah. of like I don't know, whatever they want to say, like grow. You get ideas. the software and the hardware, you know, for yeah. that's one but, example of the But way it does reflect organisations, doesn't it? Because then you've got you know, you say Microsoft, which is in Redmond, is huge. And that, that is very much the case with Microsoft, but I would imagine it's a slightly different vibe in the building. 
Amazon famously, re- I mean, in the same area um, as Microsoft, really stripped back. Nothing, you, know, nothing, you have to buy your own coffee and uh, drinks and stuff like that. Yeah, and free the, books, though. And the idea is... <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. Yeah, like, like but the idea free. is that you... So, yeah, absolutely, as with all organisations, they want you to be a customer of the organisation you work for, but they want you to think value and yield all the time. So, I mean, it's also quite tight. But it's, it's about being functional and utilitarian. Apple's about design, right? Apple is a design company, essentially. Yeah. Um, well, it's a statement of values. It, it took me back to the um, the Apple store. You remember when they first came out with the Apple store and it seemed like an absolutely mad idea at the time yeah. because everybody was moving out of bricks and mortar. But really, it was just one big advert for the company. It was a statement of their values that says we are about premium and design. And But it's also Apple stores are also the most lucrative transactional space in the US. They, they overtook Best Buy years ago. And again... It is a statement of values, but what's really smart, it is a really smart use of space as well, because there is no till for you to go to. So you, yeah. you, you can buy anywhere as long as that person can get to you. And it, and it works. You know, yeah. the, the, the process to purchase is so much easier and more attractive. So it's kind of, that's a very Apple thing. I'm, you know, the headquarters may not be, but, but the stores are designed in a way that, yes, says we are Apple and it's all about this kind of lifestyle and, and, and these design values, but it's also about ringing money out of your pockets and it's very yeah, successful it's, it's very clever i went into the yeah, the apple store in regent street has been redone recently and there's huge trees in there and everyone's really nice <laughs> you say that like yeah. that's like um, they're trying to get money no. off you yeah no I'm no i suppose they are i don't know what they are they, and they did but um how dare they be nice i know i know what would it's a trick <laughs> what would the ideal idg office look like would we have an orchard it's like the office we've got now and we, 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 we obviously we sort of have got an, we've got some plants on the balcony <laughs> We've got an orchard. So, uh, that grows Adrian, Adrian grows a little chilli. He does he? grow chilies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're not. Um, we're not allowed toasters, though. We're not. Are we not allowed toasters? Chris, uh, Chris Norman, going to name and shame, says we can't, <laughs> can't have toasters because it's fire hazard. Wow. So our bread remains soft. I don't really agree with the idea of breakfast in the office anyway, though. I think you should That's have breakfast true, when you wake up, yeah. yes. then go to work. Are you 100%. disgusted as we all slurp our porridge? Not disgusted. No, no, I, just, I, I just sort of, I feel like I couldn't do that. Cause I yeah, like we had that uh, work experience guy that time who I was eating my cereal at my desk and he he was, just couldn't get his head around. Like, so you knew that, <laughs> that when, I mean, it was, it was work experience rather than internship, so it was like his first time in office, but you knew that he was going to go back to his school and be like, they would say, well, what was it like? And he'd be like, they had cereal at their desk. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was this kid like 15 and yeah. was like very entrenched in routine. Basically. And he was like, who's yeah. this joker? Yeah. <laughs> this is getting used to office life. Yeah. He had no idea that's how it was. So these people who are going to Apple or Google or whatever, they're going to think it's all about, you know, leisure time and yeah. collaboration. It's, it's like, like, com- it's it's like yeah. grinding misery. It's like, a, is it Virgin who, uh, Richard Branson always shouts about how his employees have unlimited holiday, but then... They, they actually do contractually, but none of them use it. Yeah, of course. So yeah. it, it creates a culture of it's like again, it's like I suspect it's a bit like the the Google unlimited free food thing. It's intended that <laughs> I, I would do so well. Now. Well, yeah, completely, <laughs> and it sounds brilliant. But what it's intended as a lifestyle balancing thing. But mm. what happens is, in order to see your family, you invite them in and they eat with you, and then you go back to work. Kind of thing. That's kind of sinister, isn't it? I don't yeah. like the idea. And, and unlimited holiday is yeah. classically that, isn't it? Because yeah. if you haven't got a number to take. You're not going to take the number, so then it actually becomes a race to see who can take the least amount of holiday. Yeah. Hmm. There's a thing about skeletons in um, <laughs> in tech headquarters. I noticed the Amazon headquarters. It may be stripped back, but they have a, a bear skeleton. Because uh, right. you know they have like a visitor tour at the Amazon mm. headquarters, and that's supposed to show that they learn from their mistakes because um, that was sold on Amazon. What's it called? Auctions. 
that thing they had for a bit, and it got replaced. It didn't work, um, and it got replaced with Amazon Marketplace, or whatever. Yeah, so they were they were um, competing with eBay at one point, and then yeah, now exactly. eBay wants to compete. With so them. a exactly. big dead bear is to remind them that. Well, I suppose it's it, <laughs> that. But yeah, at one point you could buy. I mean, somebody did buy a bear skeleton. Yeah, I think I remember that. Um, and there's a dinosaur skeleton at the Googleplex as well. There used to be um, when our founder Patrick McGovern was alive in his in his office. He had a fake Patrick McGovern. Uh, which he used to sit at his desk, uh, which you could see from MIT, which all of our profits go to fund. Um, and the, his idea, slightly eccentric man, was that if anybody at MIT looked up, they'd see him looking down at them, earning money for them, so they'd work harder on their research. And sometimes they see that there were two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's working really hard to that. I reckon he really just used it for one of those car sharing lanes. <laughs> yeah. He'd tuck it under the under the duvet when he wanted to sneak out for a midnight snack. Ferris Bueller style. Good. All right, let's go around the room. Uh, spaceship or waste of space? Henry Burrell. Ah, I quite like it. Spaceship. David Price. Uh, yeah, I love it. Spaceship. Miriam Harris. Spaceship. Wow, that's very positive. We're, we're, we're really on trend today. We're agreeing with each other a little bit too much. Let's see if we can break that in the, <laughs> in the final section. I am sailing. I am sailing home again, across the MWC. <laughs> Wondering where he was going. <laughs> Took a long way to get there. Meandering. Yeah, Henry Burrell, you're off to Barcelona on Sunday, and what are you going to see? Hopefully more renditions of that. Um, yeah, Mobile World Congress is coming up. Um, Every year, it does the same. Um, it's become, um, in the media, kind of um, a very consumer-focused event. But, um, I mean, when you actually go there, it's a very B2B event, really. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are thousands upon thousands of companies there vying for uh, floor space um, and various sort of food stalls. But um, the, what we cover are the handsets, so I'm going to try not to break any NDAs. But uh, there are, should be a fair few coming out. Um, Tell us about them. Well... Uh, BlackBerry, LG, Huawei, Motorola, Nokia, and Sony will all release phones or announce phones so, on a very busy Sunday. As ever, there's no Apple there. No, nope. uh, they've Samsung? got too many orchards. Or Samsung, to you mentioned. <laughs> uh, Samsung will be there, but uh, the phone that probably most people are excited about this year, the S8, won't be there. Okay. Um, we we think they'll be announcing a tablet instead. And we've had the news from OnePlus already this year. Yeah, OnePlus. Uh, they will simmer away for a bit until later in the year, I think. So, which of these ones that we're going to find out about MWC are you most excited about? Seeing? I love a BlackBerry, as do you. Uh, I don't think that it matters anymore. I don't fans. think it matters anymore, though. But it will be the second, no, fourth, fourth BlackBerry with Android on it. Are you, are you really good BlackBerry fans? Yeah. yeah, Matt is. Yeah, I mean, we don't use them, but we, like, make, we like the idea of them. They, yeah. <laughs> well, they're all just hugely expensive, but they make really good. They've never stopped making really good handsets. Yeah, the hardware is amazing, but BlackBerry Ten is dead on its ass yeah. as a uh, operating system. So they're doing what is codenamed, and we already know this actually because they previewed it at CES. Uh, they're doing something that LG is doing by actually not really trying to hide what they're doing to drum up um, sort of. It's kind of like a double bluff. They've just kind of already announced it at CES, but there was no press conference. And now on the Saturday, unfortunately, we can't go. Press conference the, for the BlackBerry Mercury, as it's codenamed. And it's got like a keyboard and it runs full Android. Is it named after Freddie Mercury? Uh, or the planet. I don't know. Or, or, the, or the god or of the substance you shouldn't drink. Messages. All of the above. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's Freddie there. I hope you can get a little sort of moustache case. <laughs> don't think it's queen affiliated. Little, little, little uh, yellow leather jacket. I mean, BlackBerry are kind of grasping at straws, so they, 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 
they could pull Listen, Brian I've, May out the back. I've I've played on two different in different towns uh, Queen themed um, uh, uh, slot machines. Right, wonder where you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we know that the lads are up for a brand extension. I'm just saying, Blackberry, give them a call. We might. Um, <laughs> LG, LG has also done a weird thing where they've sent out several press releases in the past week um, confirming different aspects of the phone without actually announcing it. So we know it's called the G6. We kind of know what it's going to look like because of a leak that they didn't want. Um, and we know how big the screen will be and everything. It's going to have a taller 18 by 9 screen. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, LG makes good phones, right? They do make good phones. They're just struggling to capture the European market. They're very big in Korea. Also, I don't like the fact that they rebranded the LG as Life's Good when it used to mean Lucky Gold Star. Lucky Gold Star, yeah. Stick to Lucky Gold Star, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) It is a little bit more... I think Life's Good is more just their their slogan, isn't it? It's not actually the company name. But they they don't like it if you refer to them as Lucky Gold Star. I'm sure they don't. <laughs> Why not? Where are they from? Why are they called Lucky Gold Star? Oh, That's uh, a terrible name. They're was South not- Korean, and it's because the original company in the fifties was put together by two different companies. One was called Gold Star, and one was called like Luck A or whatever. And the Westernized. It was like two Korean words. And I feel we- like I've stumbled onto the world <laughs> leading <laughs> expert on LG name. They, they thought it would uh, play really well, and it, I suspect it maybe did in the US in the early days. But um, yeah. Then yeah. they only rebranded in like the eighties, so mm. they were called that up, up till then. Lucky Gold Star. Uh, <laughs> Changed what, my mind. I like it. Now. Cool. Huawei will have another phone, but they always do. Uh, Motoro- <laughs> Motorola, Motorola G five probably will come out. So that could be exciting. G five's good. Yeah, if it's the right. Because Motorola's had great success with relatively low price, really good handsets. Yeah, it'll be decent phone. It'll be like one hundred and fifty quid probably, yeah. and they'll do well with that. Uh, Nokia, I know Neil covered it on the pod the other day. They're going to go through a nostalgia um, fest with the 3310, but I'm not that bothered about that. They will probably, hopefully, announce their rumoured high-end Android phone. Um, so that's pretty smart, though, if you think about it, because yeah. they'll get lots of headlines about the 3310 and then slip in the fact that they've actually got a proper product that's yeah. out there. They, they, that may not be announced, though, but we think right. there might actually be four Nokia phones um, announced which is pretty crazy. But they're doing what BlackBerry did, and it's not actually Nokia designing it. They're outsourcing. Yeah. That's just a detail, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and Sony Lucky will... Lucky gold star. Sony will... <laughs> Sony will prob- probably have tons of phones with baffling names. Should we call you Lucky Gold oh. Star? Oh. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind. Did you just drop your Sony phone? I dropped my Sony phone. Yeah. yeah. So, right, Sony always... You com- unlucky gold star. <laughs> Sony confound us with uh, tons of handset releases. Week, with X's week and Z's. X's and Z's and numbers everywhere. They might uh, switch back to a six-month flagship update cycle, which is insane. Imagine if you had a new iPhone every six months. That's what Sony does. And it's wondering why it's not working. Yeah. yeah. People just don't update that often anymore, do they? Uh, no, especially if they well, own not Sony. Not yearly, but... Yeah. It's a bit weird, because a, a few years ago, I mean, like probably three or four years ago, Sony... At a brief period where the Xperia phones were really, because Sony's oh, yeah, as a brand name, it. yeah, it, it resonates in a way that only really Apple and Samsung do, you know, in, in different markets. I think they are losing that with new generations of yeah, consumers, completely. though, because like the Z3, that was amazing. It was yeah. waterproof, it was affordable, and then the small one, the compact, had the same specs as the flagship, but that was such a good model, uh, and they've ruined it now. <laughs> um, only one of their phones is waterproof. Um, and the thing that they used to really differentiate on, which was two-day battery life, pretty much, and waterproofing, uh, 
they kind of let it go and now they're trying to play catch up with something that they basically brought to market which is really annoying well, and uh, also to they, watch they like the Xperia Z3 was it Z3 you just said yeah um, it, was, it was like and like this Sony I've got which, and again I don't know the brand name Z5 Z5 thank you it's right. but it's big square kind of and, and like deliberately sort of slightly chunky yeah in a way that again really works because it was against every, the way everything else was going and it you know it's really comfortable in the pocket and what have you but it it looks and feels different to some other phones, but they've also slightly rolled back on that as well, I think. Yeah, they have a bit. I think they're going to... We're probably likely to see more of a Samsung-esque edge-to-edge display. Everyone's True. loving that at the moment. I mean, yeah, as I referenced, the Samsung S8, which will probably be announced in March. It's going to have a probably rumoured 6.2-inch screen, which is insane. Um, and it's going to probably cost thousands, but they'll probably, they'll probably sell a bucket load. But MWC is an event. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, we go for the handsets, like I said. But the way I was looking at the way it's marketed to the B two B space, and it just doesn't mean anything. The uh, they have a tagline every year. They have had for a few years now. Uh, this year's Mobile World Congress twenty seventeen, the next element. <laughs> and then last last year it was mobile is everything. Mm-hmm. Year before that it was the edge of innovation. Oh, I think basically really wearable. Ambiguous. Yeah, they have wearables there. They announced the S. Oh, I'm going to get it wrong now. No, they announced the, wearab- the Samsung wearables, usually at IFA. There's a smattering of wearables. A couple of years ago, it was a massive deal, but it's not now. I think It, it used to be, and maybe it still is, you, you, but I haven't been for years, but it was about like the, the business that was done there was networks getting together yeah. and you know um, uh, standardize, standardizations groups. And it was really B2B. It was about yeah. you know people actually deciding to buy middle and low-level handsets for their network to sell. You know. Yeah, I would, I would, I would hazard a guess that it's probably becoming slightly less important as a meeting place. But thousands of meetings go on there. I mean, when you go, sometimes the handset thing kind of feels like a sideshow because yeah. there are just so many meetings, and uh, also, like you say, they call it tracks of like um, conversations about five G, which doesn't actually exist yet. I think MWC is basically waiting until five G is a thing, and then they can really actually talk about it. Because mm. every year they call it things like you know the next element or <laughs> resurrection or. 6G. Die harder, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no, it should be interesting. Um, that's not to do it a disservice. It's, it's a lot of fun and the handset guys come out in force and usually uh, by competing with each other tend to shake it up a little bit because smartphones have got a little bit boring. Well, we will be, no doubt, awarding our best in show. Yes, we will awards. be there handing out various small placards to people. Uh, Posing for awkward photos. Well, I was going to yes, say, if yeah. you're interested in that kind of thing, if you're interested in awkward photos of Henry yeah. shaking hands with people. Yeah, slide into my DMs and I will awkwardly shake your hand. <laughs> <laughs> tech advisor is the place to go. What about you guys, Miriam, uh, David? Do you, do you have any interest in MWC? I wish I could go because it's in Barcelona. But <laughs> other than that... Same. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like when we used to go on trips, David. They actually do work nowadays. What? Yeah, yeah. On a Sunday and everything. This is none of that. You insisting that we go to Hooters in London. <laughs> none of this is true. Uh, Some of it's true. Well, it's, it's true in the sense that somebody else insisted. Is it true that David took his Xbox to Las Vegas? It's true that he rang a hotel and asked if he would be allowed to take his Xbox in and order yet, that he had something to do in the evening. <laughs> and yet and yet this year, Chris, Chris has been trying to get this plan to take the, the Nintendo... What's it name? A Connect. Switch. Switch. Yeah. Well, I always call it if it Connect. exists. If it does exist, <laughs> yeah. It could, it could be. I'm going to have to check. <laughs> What would it be under a bargo and all that? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I don't know. We'll ask. 
We'll cut this out. Cut it all out. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That might be the best idea. Okay, let's go around the room. Uh, Phone home or give a starving dog a rubber bone. (laughs) What? (laughs) It was in a rush. Uh, Henry Burrell. Which one's good? Phone home. Phone home. Uh, David Price. I'm going to give a starving dog a rubber bone. Yes. Although it won't actually help, will it? Because if it's starving. Exactly. That's why it's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're trolling the dog. Miriam Harris. Yeah, I'd say that one too. But I can't remember how it goes. You have to say it. Give a starving dog a rubber bone. Give a starving dog a rubber bone. Excellent. Well, I'm glad we've cleared up everything so uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to this edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast uh, do get in touch let us know your thoughts and opinions uh, tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or go to uh, at Tech Advisor to see Henry shaking hands with various s- smartphone dignitaries um, we'll be back next week with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech uh, until then say goodbye guys bye bye UK Tech Weekly Podcast Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.